From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. Beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We're glad to be looking at Rich Powers right across the uh, table from us. Good to see you, Rich. Yeah, Fowler. Rich Fowler. Fowler, I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. I, you you yes. were close. I was close. I heard yeah. it wrong. Yeah, yes. Rich Fowler, I appreciate you. are from St. Anthony's. I am. Florin Road. Yep. Great parish. Yes, it is. Come a little closer to that okay. microphone there. There you go. Uh, we need these. We need longer mics is what we need. <laughs> <laughs> we're closer people. Yes. A lot happening uh, in our world. And uh, Laudato Si, tell us a little bit about Laudato Si. I, I guess from, from my point of view, uh, it is uh, an enormously important statement um, by uh, Pope Benedict. Um, really important. Excuse me. Yes, let's get it right. All right, we're even. Let's get there. Yes, one to one. Let's keep score here. Uh, Pope Francis. Um, where he has uh, invited and called uh, Catholics from around the world and, frankly, all people in the world Mm -hmm. to be more engaged in saving the earth. Uh, The sense is that that God created the earth um, and that we aren't treating it very well and that if we don't take care of the earth, the earth will not engage, will not take care of us. and. So we are, are being called by our Holy Father and, and by the bishops of the United States and by our own bishop uh, to be engaged in saving the earth. Um, I mean, if you watch the news any night, I mean, last night I watched the news and a third of Pakistan a is third, underwater. A third. Is, it's just I saw that number and... And it's not like monsoons are unusual there. No, I mean, you, you, you hear about them all the time. But the, they look forward to them because exactly. that's, the, that's what waters their fields. And so you figure they're, they're, for a normal monsoon, you're sort of prepared. There might be some local flooding, but you're sort of prepared. But this was of such magnitude. It's just um, mind-boggling to think. The, well, 1,200 people have drowned. Have died, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and more, obviously, will. Right, right. Um and in our own state, I mean, the fires, I mean, this, this weekend we are expecting temperatures of 110. Uh, this is Labor Day weekend. Um, so the, the earth is under stress. Um, and if we don't, and I don't mean just we, the Catholic community, but if, if we as the human race don't really take this seriously, I mean, our kids, I mean, it's probably not going to be me, but our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids are in real trouble. Yeah, you know, I grew up in this area, and uh, you know, we always had the occasional forest fire. It was part of summer, and but the last five or six or seven years have just been been stunning and, and devastating. You know, urban areas. I remember the Santa Rosa fire. You know, and seeing the the aerial photos. And I mean, these these, these weren't cabins in the woods that just happened to get trapped in a brush fire. They were. And then Paradise, of course, where it just swept through there in maybe an hour or two. Yeah. And then Redding uh, had a terrible fire. Uh, it just it just on and on and on. I'm, I'm missing a lot of them. You know, weed uh, the and then the fire up that took the church in Happy Camp. Yeah. Uh, um, and the church in Weed uh, as well. Uh, it's just it's just mind boggling. And the thing that really struck me was the the fire in Paradise was in November. Yeah. It wasn't July or August. Right, right. You you're, know, you're absolutely right. Or even right. September. It was late. And now in California, the big issue is water. I mean, right. do we, will we have enough water to uh, really water the, the fields right. and take care of the human needs that people yeah. have? Our, our water basin is, is really reduced. Uh, the big lakes are, are much lower than they have been. Yeah. We've had a several-year drought, and um, so, I mean, we are a diocese that is uh, farm-dependent. Absolutely. uh, And water-dependent, and if we don't get the water that we need, I mean, we're all in trouble. (laughs) We are all in trouble. So, And we provide a lot of the water 
to the rest of the state. Exactly. Uh, because we have all those mountains up there, usually storing it in the winter and hopefully and melting it in the spring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, That's uh, the hope. I mean, we uh, there's well, there's all kinds of things. So. The diocese um, and some of us have been working together to make this happen. But on September 9th, Friday night at six o'clock, yeah. uh, at St. Anthony Church up in uh, Winters, we are having an event uh, to um, learn more about what uh, Pope Francis is asking us to do, and and hopefully to engage many more parishioners in this struggle to save the earth. Yeah, and uh, I, I can can't think of a better place than St. Anthony's and uh, the other St. Anthony's in uh, exactly in winters. Uh, I, I still call it a new church. I'm, I'm used to the one closer to downtown, but it's beautiful. It's out in the orchards almost, it and is. Uh, uh, you got Lake Berryessa behind it. And uh, um, I'm one of those people that has been to the bottom of Lake Berryessa. Really? Before the dam was built. Really? I'm oh not a scuba gosh. diver. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. They, they That's used impressive. To, they used to uh, grow grapes there. And, uh, um, actually, and how long ago was that? I, I think they built the dam in about 1956 or 7, something like that. But they've started moving people out of, uh, you know, it's, it's Monticello Dam. Monticello, if you're from the East Coast or mm-hmm. someplace else, but Monticello here and Lake Berryessa named after the Berryessa brothers, but um, the, uh, there was a little town of Monticello in this valley. Really? Mostly, I think it's mostly Napa County, because um, mm-hmm. the dam is actually still in Yolo, I think, but the, the line is very close. And then uh, um, they moved everybody out, and I remember, oh, oh, 10 or 15 years ago, writing about my memories of, of as a little kid riding through that valley, because there had been a severe drought in the 70s or 80s, and some of the town actually emerged. Some, really? Some of the bridges oh and, yeah. and some of that, some oh of the old goodness. buildings. And a lot of people were going up there to, to see it. And uh, I wrote about it, and by golly, there's still a group of people that lived there that have kind of a society. They, they get together, and they, they sent me pictures of rodeos that they had there. and uh, just Oh, all, that's cool. Yeah. That's you know, very and, cool. And, you know, uh, dams are, you know, it's interesting how dams are controversial, you know, and yet they're clean power if, if they're for power. And, and they do provide recreation. And they store the water that we're going to need in the summer yeah. rather than it all going uh-huh. into the Pacific. I mean, I know they are controversial and they stop the salmon from, sure. you know, all those things. Um, and yet. Uh, we've got to have a way to store water these yeah. days. We've got to do that. And so. there's a, I guess they're trying to build another dam maybe up by Sites, which mm-hmm. is a little bit north of, of uh, I guess that's Calusa County probably. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. but up in, in that area, there's, and it's, you know, and for years they wanted to build one up by Auburn, and that never, that never happened. Yeah. But uh, You yeah. asked uh, about Laudato Sea. Um one of the one of the things that uh, Pope Francis talks about is an ecological conversion, and, and I think that more than anything else, that's what this meeting uh, on the ninth is mm-hmm. about. I mean, it, it is about the Catholic community understanding that we are not above nature. I mean, we are yeah. a part of nature, and that that we really must take seriously the threats that are happening to all of us, I mean, to the, the ecology, to the earth. And, um, and I'm, I'm not even sure we can save it. I mean, there was a, a big study that came out yesterday I that said yeah. um, the ice cap in the Greenland is melting. There were, there were some traumatic pictures of that. We've got 10 inches of, of increase uh, in the, the sea, level. sea level around the world, yeah. uh, and that's going to have enormous impact on islands and our seashores and yeah. i mean so it's it's all around us and the conversion is i mean there are a lot of people that yeah there's something happening out there but they don't connect it to their faith they don't connect it to uh, creation uh, creation exactly yeah you know it, yeah it is uh, i should have should have brought one of my teenage daughters uh, she she reminds me of all these things every almost every every day um, is very, for her. yeah, very, very, uh, I don't want to say into it, but very 
concerned about it and and that, and that tipping point mm-hmm. that uh, uh, is is hard to understand. But but you, you, you at some point there's a point of no return. You know where where things have uh, gone so dramatically and and it it is interesting though. I mean. Pope Francis has received pushback. We know he has, you know, and uh, uh, although I don't think you could declare what day of the week it is anymore without getting some pushback from somebody. That's <laughs> that know, is absolutely true. It's and uh, but but this this one, you know, it's it's really so odd because if you, if you look at if you look at our rainfall for the rainfall year, which runs from the first of October to the end of September, so we're almost at the end of it's it's not. For those listening, it's not a calendar year from January; it's a season. But we're almost average. I don't. I don't like the word normal because there's no such thing as normal. You know, if you, it's not normal to get 20 inches. It's normal to get 30 and 10 and, and 20. But, is a, but if you look at that, I mean, most of the rain came in October. In October, and that's the that, that's the thing that's so odd. Uh, we had a day at the end of October. I think it was the 29th. Well, they got over five inches of rain, right? Which is, uh, as I was telling my kids, I said, you know, one inch of rain is a pretty darn rainy day. Uh, two inches of rain, it rained all day, and almost never in Sacramento area history in the valley have they had three or four. One time they had five, and we had five and a half inches of rain in a twenty-four hour. It's unheard of. Yeah. And then it almost just stopped. Yeah. We got this January, just- February, March. Uh, the traditional when the snow should be falling and the 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 stuff will will melt in April and go behind you know Folsom Dam and Shasta Dam yeah. and Oroville Dam. It, it, we it, all had big hopes, yeah. you know, in October that this was going to be a great year. And I mean, the, the, you look at the snow measurements and it was record setting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they had more snow in October, November than ever, oh, ever yeah. before. Yeah, could have yeah. held the Olympics in old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, exactly. People forget that we held yeah, the Winter Olympics yeah. about two hours from here. I wanted to just share a couple of things that we're doing at St. Anthony. Um, we we are the St. Anthony on Florin Road, right. as you indicated. Here in Sacramento. And, and we just went through, a, we have a very strong committee of people mm-hmm. who work on this issue all the time. And uh, we just went through the process of putting solar units on the roof, so we now are obviously not off the grid, but we have we are dependent upon the solar units mm-hmm. for for juice <laughs> right. for for our entire parish, and in fact are selling you know juice back to uh, sure. Smud. Right. Um, now these kind of days we buy from them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but just for the air conditioning. But uh, we don't use yeah. the amount of kilowatts that we used to. We're getting yeah. our power from. God's son. Yeah. And um, so. Is that cost effective? Um, it, it is. After about 10 years, mm-hmm. you go. And and at St. Anthony, we bought the system. I mean, so we just bought it outright. And after about 10 years, it pays for itself. Because, you know, the, the, the I know there are all kinds of tax credits and, and everything else. And yet. Not for uh, nonprofits. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, right, correct. Uh, that. But a lot of a lot of sort of middle class homeowners that are barely making the mortgage say, you know, I can't wait 10, 15, 20 years for this thing to pay off. I'd love to. I'd love to do that, but I I can't afford to. And I hear that over and over and over again. Actually, you know. smud rates. I mean, if you were in PG and E, it probably would make more sense. Smud rates tend to be lower, and they do. Yeah. Yes. So, um, where where I live, we're in the PG and E. Uh, I wanted to share another thing that we're doing that is is just fun. We have, uh, for the last 10 years or so, we have an organization called PACT, Pocket Area Churches Together. Mm -hmm. So there are are five churches that are kind of within spitting distance of each other, and we've been working together on a variety of things. One of the things that we do is have a bike and walk to church Sunday. And Mm -hmm. so all of the churches are encouraged to have their people either walk or bike to church. And then we all gather at one of the churches for a barbecue. And so it's a a gathering time, but it... But it's also a time when when we say we are in God's world, mm-hmm. and and there are things that we can do individually uh, to 
save the earth. And one of the things is just to walk to church more and to ride our bikes more. And so uh, this is a, a community effort that will come up uh, in October, um, and we're looking forward to that. You know, it, it's yeah, and we'd love to get you back on and talk about that as well uh, as, as, it, as it comes closer. Do you have an actual day on that? Yeah, and I should have written it down. I, well, we I, can, we'll get it, but I, but... I fear that it's while I'm gone into Ireland. So. We'll, we'll, we'll smell the barbecue smoke. Okay, good, good. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 it is interesting that, 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 that it is, I don't know, quote-unquote controversial, um, because we all, we all have to live here. And one, one of the problems that... I see is we have to we have to start somewhere and in you know but I live in a town that you know wants to be carbon neutral by such and such a year and yet a lot of the towns surrounding us have no such goal in fact might I won't say they have an obstacle but that's just not something they embrace and and so you you feel like you're kind of on an island trying to because the the earth is not divided into towns and counties and, and uh, you know, the atmosphere is, it's, it's contiguous. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and that's why I think the Holy father talked about ecological, ecological conversion. I mean, that, that this can't be a few of us, right? <laughs> this has to be the earth working together to save the earth. And, um, uh, so we need to do our share. I, I really appreciate the fact that the bishop has taken a leadership yes, role. Absolutely. He will he will be there for mm -hmm. this event. He will be blessing us and and encouraging us. Um, he has sent out an invitation to every parish to have representatives there. Uh, we are doing a live event as well as an online event. So if people can't drive and can't be there, then they can still be there by way of a live stream and um, I met with Laura this morning and she's the person kind of organizing this thing and she really wants people to register online if mm -hmm. they want to come so so we know who's there so, so Laura Rios you can uh, you can uh, email her at L Rios R-I-O-S appropriate name for somebody in in this line of work exactly uh, at scd.org or give Laura a call 916 733-0251. It will be at St. Anthony Parish, 511 Main Street in Winters, 6 to 8 p.m. There will be light dinner and refreshments, and that's Friday night, September the 9th. And uh, plus, if you've never been in Yolo County or never been in Winters, it's a, this it's a charming a, little town. A great time to come there. I guess yeah, it it's would become be. very trendy yeah actually yes. <laughs> it's a, i think uh, it was written up in uh, like gourmet magazine or something yes we just a couple sundays ago took our grandkids and went over to pewter creek cafe pewter creek cafe and yes. had breakfast and it was a wonderful isn't that charming yeah. it really is it's a great little town and so. there's a there's a, a bridge across pewter creek yep. right right off of main well it's not main street railroad avenue and you walk and, and you can go down and then play in the creek it's a exactly. very safe creek and yeah and clean and clear and but you know there have been a lot of people worked i mean most people haven't even heard of pewter creek but um a lot of people worked very hard to keep that creek clean to clean it up and and then to keep it clean and of yep. course it's the creek that runs into among several into lake berryessa right right yeah now that of course you know they ha they have done studies that if that dam breaks what happens <laughs> It's not I, don't, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> we don't, ha you know, that just does not seem to happen in the United States of America. Very, very rarely. I mean, once in a while, you'll have them overtopped, and there, we had some fear with uh, Lake Oroville a, yeah, a few years yeah, ago. Absolutely, you know. And earthquakes, you never. know. And earthquakes, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're not on TV, so people can't see this, but. If you, the the Care for Creation flyer, I, I have Miriam San Martino, the head of Catholic Charities, on the program. I forgot to ask her where that photo was taken. It must be up in the Sierra Nevada somewhere. It sure looks like it. I, I have no idea. Like Maybe the was American taken. River coming down the canyon or something. But yeah, boy, it's, it's beautiful. beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. I've got it in color. Oh you, Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, that is beautiful. Where's the camera here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's good stuff. 
So, a perfect world, you become the the uh, the czar, the the environmental czar. What would what? How would you attack this? Well, I think, uh, I mean, the Pope talks about that in in his statement. I mean, he talks about a number of things that needs to happen. Um, and, and obviously the biggest thing is we've got to quit shooting so much carbon into the mm -hmm. air. I mean, so, I mean, there's obviously a lot of controversy now in California that, you know, we're not supposed to have gas-powered cars after 19, 2035. 2035, yeah. I mean, personally, uh, you know, I've got an old truck that I love. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I hate the thought of On the other hand, you know, we we've got to take a stand and do stuff like this. We've got to make sure that we are not shooting more and more carbon into the air. We've got mm -hmm. to stop using coal, um, more electric cars, more. Uh, yeah, you know, on the flip side of that, of course, and we end up almost into class warfare. Yeah, the same article I was reading about the 2035 said the the average cost of an electric car was sixty six thousand dollars. You know, and, and most people are going. <gasps> That's not what I paid for my car, uh, however old it is. You know, I mean, yeah. I know price of cars has gone up, but 66, you're, you're getting up there for a, for a lot, of, especially people who commute to work maybe 40, 50 miles a day each way, already getting killed with the price of gas. Yeah. And, and I, I also read that we now have 70,000 where you can plug in, and then we need 1.2 million, and then can the, can the grid handle it? You know, it's, it's a lot of work to do. Yeah. But but again, it's the direction. It may not happen. It may not happen in twenty thirty five. But it is a worthy goal. I mean, and and by then, I mean, if you've noticed, there are a lot of Teslas driving around. There and, are, and those people will be getting new Teslas and and other electric cars. So yeah. there's going to be a used car market. And um, I don't buy new cars, but I wouldn't mind having a used Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, there's no way I'm going to pay $66,000 for anything to drive. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe $1,000 for a bike. But <laughs> um, So um, if I were the czar, um, hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. It, I mean, it's so multifaceted. One of one of the things, and I should have actually said this before, is that um, Benedict is is very concerned. Jeez, that's two to one, right? It's two to one. Francis is um, very concerned about the impact on the poor. I mean that that the people who are going to suffer uh, with the in, the the inches of, of increase in water. And right. I mean, it's the poor. I mean, if you look at the news last night and look at who's being affected in Pakistan, sure. Sure. it's it's the poor. Well, um, and you look at the studies. I, I was reading one from the city of Tucson, the, the heat islands, uh, the, the, the poorer neighborhoods mm -hmm. with less vegetation. Average temperature about 10 degrees higher than other parts of tucson yeah you know just it, it, uh, just a city the size of sacramento maybe um just uh, unbelievable you things you don't you don't really even think about i mean there's been a lot of discussion here in in sacramento about the lack of trees in low-income in low-income neighborhoods yeah i mean um we live in a house with big old pine trees right behind it and we have shade sure i mean and, sure. and that makes an enormous difference oh yeah we're tired of the pine needles. Pine needles, yeah. Uh, but we'll take it. I mean, yeah. because we have the shade. In fact, we we where, where we live, there's so many. Where it's an old neighborhood, the so many big trees surrounding our our yard that we can't do solar panels. Yeah. There's no, there's no. We no, can't either. There's no sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> there's just no yeah. sunlight. We can't either. But um, um, and we can't grow tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> We have a little patch out in front of our house, yeah. and, and they have not produced well this year. I mean, it just yeah. has been a tough year. It's yeah. so, so hot. So and hot, yeah. And, and the heat's extending even into September yeah. now. Yeah. Well, it's always, a, always a pleasure to talk to you. It's always a pleasure to, us to talk with, to you. Get back to us with that uh, barbecue. And, uh, I, I would uh, love to. Uh, 
come back and talk to you about that. It's, you know, what's cool about that is that it's not just the Catholic community. Right. I mean, it's it's uh, the Presbyterian Church across the street, and then uh, the Greenhaven Lutheran, the Greenhaven Community Church, uh, neighborhood church, and then a Wesley Church, mm-hmm. um, Rivers Edge Church, and. Mm-hmm. So we, we work together on a, on a whole variety of things, but this bike and walk to church thing has become uh, the unifying, mm-hmm. I mean, where we all, I mean, two or 300 people get together and, and look at each other's churches. And That's so great. It's wonderful. I'll bring the potato salad. Okay. Okay. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Uh, this is Bishop William K. Wiegand, the Bishop Emeritus of Sacramento, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Denning. Thank you, Bishop Wiegand, for that uh, wonderful introduction. His uh, whole radio show 23 years ago was Bishop Wiegand's idea, and uh, um, Bishop Soto has... has uh, continued the tradition and gives great support to the radio and uh, both uh, uh, the Bishop's Radio Hour and, and our Spanish language uh, sister station, uh, uh, Radio Santissimo Sacramento. So uh, we are just thrilled to be on the air and uh, thanks to uh, all the underwriters who support us and especially our, our great guests and you, the listeners, uh, the most important part of the program and our great producer, Gabe Sorensen, who... Uh, brings in all these guests. Speaking of guests, we're pleased to welcome in Father Daniel Williamson, who will be the keynote for Ministry Days, which is coming up on Friday, the 23rd of September, and Saturday, the 24th of September at St. Francis Catholic High School right here in Sacramento. Father, a good day to you. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks thanks so much for uh, joining us. Where are you located, Father? I am in Oakland, California. Oh, you're close by. 
Yeah, not too far, just south of y'all. Yes, yes, just a little bit south and a little bit, little bit west. Appreciate appreciate you being with us. Uh, tell us, uh, you are, according to the flyer I'm looking at, you are described as a Eucharistic preacher. What what does that mean beyond what obviously meets the eye with those two words? Yes, well, it was something that the U.S. Bishops Conference uh, came up with for the next three years. There's a in the United States, a Eucharistic revival, and uh, they appointed, I think, 100 preachers from around the country uh, to be Eucharistic preachers, particularly mm-hmm. for these next three years uh, to help promote uh, devotion to the Eucharist, essentially. Uh, there's the first year is for the diocese, and then the second year is for the parish, and then the third year culminates with the Eucharistic Congress mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. So we had a meeting in the spring with with all the priests and the bishops, and uh, just went over plans for the whole year, um, or what, what we were doing for the year or the next three years. So, so that's essentially what it is. Uh, so why were, why were you selected for this role? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I think it was I, I do these Eucharistic retreats all over the country for youth mm-hmm. for many many years, uh, and in California. It's the same retreat. It's called Ponda Vida, mm-hmm. and we do a marriage version of it for married couples or engaged couples, and we do it for young adults and then for teenagers. So I've been doing that retreat for the last 20 years, and I think um, through that, my name was submitted to the to the conference as a Eucharistic preacher. So I, I think that was the gist of it. And you're you happy you're, to do it. <laughs> you're incarnated for the Diocese of Oakland. We are are not incarnated. We're uh-huh. We're Franciscan friars, so we're a community. Uh, Bishop Barber invited us to to Oakland, uh, but we're still belong to our we're a pontifical order, right? So belong to our religious order, right? Very good. And serve in the diocese and help in the diocese. So go take us back twenty years and talk about what, uh, why you started these these workshops, um, all all over. Well, it was something uh, came out. The, the retreat actually started 30 years ago when Ann Brawley out of Texas, and she had taken her daughters to a retreat very similar, and teenage daughters, and they were had a profound experience, and she was so impressed with uh, what they had done that she decided to start this retreat in the United States, and it was called Youth 2000, still is, uh, and she got our community involved with it from the beginning, so the Franciscan Friars, uh, the renewal of my community, has been involved on every retreat for the last 30 years, and um, I've just seen incredible results. I do a lot of youth ministry, and uh, this retreat is, is so powerful because it, it's three days centered on the Eucharist. Uh, all the talks, all the everything that happens is in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. So they have a powerful encounter with, with the Lord uh, in the Eucharist, and then it really transforms their lives. Uh, they want to go to Mass, they want to go to confession, they, mm-hmm. they have this sacramental encounter, and that's, I think, what's unique about it. Um, there's a lot of retreats that are good, fun retreats, but, there, but there's not that sacramental element to it, and uh, it, so it doesn't, it doesn't always last. Uh, but if they have that deep encounter with the Lord, then I think there's something, uh, they want to continue that relationship, and so that's, that's why we've been doing that retreat, and uh, to a great, great success. So why, yeah, do you, so that's, why do you think the, the, the bishops have declared this Eucharistic revival now for the, for the next three years? Um, what has prompted that? They mentioned particularly that there was, I'm not sure they relied strictly on surveys, but there was a, a Pew survey mm-hmm. that said something to the effect of uh, less than 30% of Catholics believe in the real presence. Right, the, the shocking number, sacrament. yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, how, depending on how the question's worded, exactly, uh, kind of determines what what results you get. But but I think that's probably pretty fairly accurate, at least uh, from my experience. Uh, and so that was that was the real, I guess, motivating factor. We got to do something to to increase uh, the awareness of, of the great gift we have in the Eucharist. And, and so they, they came up with this plan for this three year. Revival, um, and it, it wasn't really. They don't have any specific plans 
in as much as whatever you want to do in each diocese to to increase devotion, whether it's days of recollection, talks, processions, uh, conferences, uh, whatever each diocese comes up with. Uh, they didn't try to manage all the, all that aspect of it, but but just the idea of how can we stir up devotion to to our Lord, and so that's that's the inspiration. Uh, and Bishop Andrew Cousins was was sort of the the lead on that, mm -hmm. and, and one of our friars is the Bishop Bob Lombardo, also uh, headed it up. So so we'll see. It's just unfolding, really. I think the press launch was in June, right? Yeah, uh, on this uh, year, Corpus so Christi Sunday. Yeah, we'll kind of filtering out there. I'm not sure how much, how much, how far it's gotten out to the, the average person in the public, but hopefully. Uh, well, you know, and, and I, I read the same survey and, and like you, I, I don't think I was really shocked by the numbers, but, and, and a lot of those people who probably answered, I guess in the negative would be the right way to put it, but even though I, I, I'm sure many of them are faithful Catholics and many of them but, you know, I'm, I'm, I've had I've had discussions with people that say, um, "Well, yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's a symbol, but I love Jesus just as much as you do. I think He's my Lord and Savior. I I, I don't I, like I don't know what's the big deal. Uh, you know, well, why do I have to believe it's as really as? But how do you respond to that? Well, that's uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think. You know, it's good that there's some awareness <laughs> that it's uh, that our Lord is present in some way, um, and I, I don't know that everybody has to know everything St. Thomas wrote about the Eucharist in mm -hmm. terms of uh, the real presence. Uh, it, it's actually <laughs> quite sophisticated and complicated when you, sure. when you get into the theology of it, but but I think to realize uh, that it, it's not just a symbol that our Lord is truly truly present right. uh, with us. Uh, makes a big difference in our faith and, and when we are able to pray in the presence of our Lord, uh, whether it's at Mass or adoration, um, even processions. Uh, I really was struck living in Central America. I lived in Nicaragua and Honduras. They have incredible devotion to the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. I remember being in a procession. Uh, it was pouring down rain, and there must have been a thousand people lining up the streets, kneeling in the rain, because <laughs> we were coming by with the bishop and the Blessed Sacrament, and, and it was just an incredible awareness. This is Jesus is walking through this town right now, mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think it does change our gives us gives us hope that our Lord is is still with us. He hasn't. We can look around and lose hope in the midst of the the difficulties in the world, but to know that our Lord is is actually truly here with us, uh, I think is a great blessing and a gift we have of our faith and. So um, I, I think the more we can increase that awareness, I, I think it's going to give people uh, greater faith and greater hope in, in whatever's going on in their lives, you know, to know the Lord is with them. I mean, he's with us in many ways, obviously, sure. but, but this is a very special uh, way he chose to dwell with us. So. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's enough for me that he said, take this, this is my body, take this, this is my blood. Uh, he didn't say, take this and... He did say um, something about remembrance or do this in remembrance of me or something like that. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean it's symbolic. Uh, and why would he have chosen those words? Uh, and why would he have chosen this, this way of being present if it wasn't true? You know, it, it, because it's not, it's in, in human experience. I mean, even at the time, people are going, what? You know, like, really? This will be his body and blood. Um, that's, sure, no, yeah. you know, I mean, why, you know, why would he pick something that many people are just going to reject out of hand if it was if if it wasn't what he f he knew was the, was the true and right way to do it? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yes. But I uh, mean, even when he when he did it, they thought he was crazy. Yeah, exactly. Many, many people left. Yeah, it is so I mean it's difficult to understand is what they said. Yeah, so it's so. it's like it wasn't like oh well you people are of little faith because you don't you don't get this like we do, you know, that was rejected at the time <laughs> or at least mm -hmm. great difficulty. So it's it it is I mean 
Are, are we unique as Catholics in that belief? Uh, I mean, you you know, other other people have a Eucharist. I mean, they have a, a Holy Communion or communion, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. are, are we unique in in believing in the real presence among among well, the Christian faith? We would say the the Orthodox would, would believe in the real presence, mm-hmm. uh, and, and of course the Eastern rites, the Catholic sure. Church, sure. would all, and then even. I think some Anglicans, uh, in fact, there's some Anglican priests who even have orders traced back to uh, to the Roman bishops, you right, know, and right. so uh, there's, I remember Father Bank used to talk about there's, you never know, <laughs> with hmm. an Anglican priest, what, uh, who he was ordained by and what, what's, right. what's going on there, so, right. so the, but in general, it would be the, the Roman Catholic Church and, and the Orthodox, Eastern Rite Catholics and the Orthodox who would have that belief in the real presence. Although particularly in, in the Orthodox and even in the Byzantine, the Eastern Rite, there's not particular devotion to the Eucharist uh, in terms of adoration. Uh-huh. Some of the things we do in the Roman Rite, that was something really St. Francis did a lot to to increase that devotion to the Eucharist and, and the idea of adoration. And um, and that grew out of that, that time period in the 13th century uh, to the devotions we have today, but it's not something uh, you find in the Eastern Church or even in monastic communities sometimes. Um, there's the, the, the idea of the presence of the Lord, but not in terms of adoration and, and some of those aspects. You know, frequently on this show we'll, we'll interview someone that uh, has converted to the faith, and almost without exception, they'll say it was the Eucharist that brought them over. You know, the, the Eucharist, that 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 was that was the that was the decider for them and mm-hmm. you know and it's it's sure. and I, I think sometimes i mean i was a cradle catholic and i think sometimes uh, maybe we take it a, a little bit too casually you know and uh, my mother was a convert and uh she took it very seriously you know very seriously i mean she chose to join the faith as as a young woman you know and and um, it's, it's sometimes, I think sometimes we're, we're very, we, we just grow up with it. Yeah. That's, that's the body and blood of Christ. You know, like, like we, we accept it, but do we really put it in our heart sometimes? And yes, yes, no, exactly. I, I think that's, that's part of what I think this, this three year period is meant to maybe some people even believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, but, but haven't really, um, experienced it in a profound way or uh, have a great devotion uh, a holy hour once a week or, or something of that nature so it's a chance to to just re-evangelize um, really just to share the, the gifts we have I, I think that's my message underlying it anytime I'm preaching is that, you know if, if we knew the gift we have and, and often that's the title I use for our mission the from the woman at the well if, if we knew the gift of God or Jesus tells the woman if, if you knew the gift of God and I think if if we knew the gift of God you know the churches would be packed beyond we couldn't fit people in yeah. there <laughs> yeah, if absolutely. we knew what God wanted to do for us and how how much he wants to bless us um, yeah so that's I think that's not known. We don't. We don't even realize ourselves what the gift we have. So, so yeah, this is a chance mean, for all of us to. Yeah, here's 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 you know you say, uh, we 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 all follow Jesus and we follow the teachings of Jesus and we read about Jesus and and somebody says, well he's gonna, he's by golly he's gonna he's he's gonna be in the church right down the street at 11 a.m. this morning, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. and people are like. Well, yeah, okay, I I get it, but no, he's really going to be there. This guy that mm-hmm. lived two thousand yeah. years ago, you you ought to get down there and see him. Yeah, no, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're yeah. right. The, the churches would be packed to overflowing, or should exactly, they? exactly. So when when you're when you're as a Eucharistic preacher, you're you're presenting the truth and. You're not you're not necessarily trying to beat people over the head and say you non-believer you need to believe this. You're just presenting it for all its its glory. Sure, no, absolutely. <laughs> I you know I kind of wandered away from the faith myself, and I went in the military at 18 and stopped going to mass uh, 
for a number of years and, and came back to the faith. And, and so I know, I know what it's like to, to not have the faith, and, and, and uh, I know what it's like to experience the, the joy the Lord has for us. And so that's really the reason I became a priest, to share the joy of the Lord with the world. Uh, just I had discovered how awesome God is and wanted to share that. So the last 22 years, that's what I've been doing. So what brought you back? Uh, well, I, <laughs> this is a short version. I, I sort of had a conversion at a truck stop in Georgia. Well, that's that's uh, a good place for it. Basically, yeah. Uh, I'd been a truck driver at one point after the military, and uh, I'd stopped at this truck stop, and I just got blown away by the Holy Spirit. Um, sort of like St. Paul's experience. Not, I don't think it was the same, but in the sense of... <laughs> was there lightning? Transform my whole... whole no, no lightning, <laughs> but... Um, changed my whole life. I knew God loved me and I knew I needed to change my life kind of all at once and, wow. and begin this spiritual journey over two or three year period before I kind of was fully back in the faith and then uh, went to confession for the first time in 20 something years and somebody told me about this, the priest told me about this order and I went to visit and joined a year later and here I am still today. So Why this particular order? Uh, I was I was really struck at the time. This when I visited. It was 1998, and uh, I, I looked around a little bit, and I didn't found anything. hadn't found anything that was attracted me. And when I met these guys, or I went on the website that night after the priest told me uh, they were young. They looked happy. They were playing music, which I love music, and uh, there was something that, that really struck me. And, and when I went to visit, I saw. I think a peace and a joy the brothers had that at the time I was just beginning to experience. And, uh, and I, I didn't even know what <laughs> that much about St. Francis, but I knew I wanted to be, a, there was something good here and I wanted to be a part of it. And so I had to wait a couple of years, kind of settle down a bit. And, uh, and then I joined and uh, it's been a great, incredible blessing. So. Wow. So how long have you been in Oakland? Uh, two years. Mm -hmm. uh, I came out to help build the house we live in. It's an old convent we restored. Uh, the bishop gave us, so I uh, came out early to head up the construction project and build the chapel. And so we're just kind of. So the brothers came out a year ago mm -hmm. to join me, and we're just getting settled in to the area. Uh, our primary work is with the poor, uh, homeless, uh, and then preaching youth retreats, all those kind of evangelization efforts. And then we do a lot of parish help, mass at different parishes and mm -hmm. confessions. And, and then we pray five times a day. We're sort of monastic in that sense. We pray together uh, throughout the day in a holy hour. That's something uh, I think has created devotion in, in our order to the Eucharist because uh, that daily holy hour. So, so yeah, it's... Uh, where were, you, where were you before Oakland? I was in Albuquerque oh, for wow. eight years previous. Yeah. In a house out there, and then Central America before that, and, and then New York. The order space out of the Bronx, New York, mm -hmm. where we started. So so we all start there for our early formation. But it's, it's great to be. We've been wanting to come out to California for years, and a number of brothers from California. So this is the first time we finally made it out here so well we're glad you, we're glad you're here so when when you give these uh talks retreats what are what are the uh, some of the uh, the toughest questions or the most interesting questions you get asked oh gosh uh well i mean i, I think in terms of <laughs> I mean, teenagers you never know what they're going to ask you yeah, that's uh, for sure you know, all, all kinds of crazy questions uh funny questions and uh, I mean, I think they ask challenging questions, you know. Um, I think people uh, have sometimes struggle with things the church says or teaches. And uh, so people will ask you difficult questions sometimes. Why does the church do this or say right. this? Or why does God do this? Or why can't I do this? Or um, So, I, you know, I, I try to answer every question honestly and and ultimately, I always say, no matter what the question is, you know, the answer is because God loves us and wants us to be happy and mm -hmm. uh, gives whatever he tells us and teaches us is, 
is going to be for our good, even at, at, at first it might seem challenging or difficult. Uh, so I think that's the the perspective I always approach it from, that, uh, that God never wants to take anything from us. He wants to, to give us good things. And, and so I think that's the... Yeah, the the narrow road sometimes uh, looks looks difficult, and the wide road looks looks easy, but uh, it's not. <laughs> I've been down that wide road, and it's 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 not fun. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I I think you know all the all the hot topics, if you will, uh, any any of those subjects often come up, and uh, or yeah, so the a whole range of challenging questions, I, I think, or you get questions, you know, from regards to the Eucharist, uh, sometimes uh, somebody who's not Catholic will, will start questioning, you know, where, where does it come from, the scriptures, or uh, all these kind of discussions uh, about uh, fundamentals of the faith or aspects of the faith. Mm. So I get in a lot of conversations, especially traveling in a habit or a robe sure. you know, on the airplane. I bet. <laughs> uh, I'll often get in a conversation on the airplane, you know, it starts off casual and then sometimes they get to a real serious question okay i've been wanting to ask this for a long time tell me this you know so but it's usually good Uh, well yeah i was gonna say you know you your appearance invites people to approach you i guess they're yes yeah i think you know some and somehow there's a grace of saint francis people Seem to be attracted to St. Francis. Oh boy, do they! You're a friend. Yep. You're a Franciscan. They say, "Oh my gosh, can you know? Can we come help you?" And mm-hmm. uh, no matter where they could be, in Buddhist or atheist or you know, uh, all over the the map in terms of their their belief, but but they're somehow know about St. Francis and, and want to be involved in some way. So so it's a, it's a great blessing, you know. Yeah, he's, he, there's a reason he's such a popular saint. No question about it. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, Father uh, Daniel Williamson, it's, it's a joy to talk with you. Um, we will look forward to seeing you here in the Diocese of Sacramento on the 23rd and 24th of, of September at uh, Ministry Days. Thanks so much for your time yeah. today. And, uh, Thank you very uh, much. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We'll, God bless you. Thanks so much. God bless you, too. Okay. appreciate it. Okay. That's Thank uh, you. Okay. Father uh, Daniel Williamson. Uh, again, the uh, Ministry Days is the 23rd and 24th of September at St. Francis Catholic High School right here in Sacramento. Uh, other uh, On Elvis Avenue, other presenters, uh, the Friday keynotes are Kara Morales, who is Catholic Education in 2022, accompanying our students in the chaos of modern times. And also the Friday keynote, Father Michael Martin, Father Michael T. Martin, un- united by whom? Uh, Ministry Days is the largest gathering of ministers, catechists, and Catholic school teachers in the Diocese of Sacramento. The teachers all come on uh, on the Friday, and uh, just about everybody else comes on the Saturday. There are a lot of workshops as well, a lot of networking, a lot of uh, ability just to talk to people over lunch or uh, uh, between you know between uh, uh, various sessions. It's really, really. Uh, just a just a, a wonderful a wonderful event. Also, uh, Grammy nominated Pedro Rubalcaba will be there as well. Uh, again, that's uh, at St. Francis. Uh, you can go to Ministry Days at scd.org to learn about it and to uh, to sign up, or you can go to ministrydays.com to learn all about it, or you can call nine one six. Seven three three zero one three five. But uh, I've I've been uh, on a number of occasions, and uh, you will not regret it. You will you will meet some other Catholics uh, that have a lot of great great ideas and doing great things for and with our faith. Also on fire, the uh, Six Flags Discovery Kingdom. Yeah, it's September, and it's all happening now. All these things we've been talking about throughout the summer. Uh, this takes place on Saturday, September 17. Starts at 9 a.m. and runs all the way to 10 p.m. at night. A lot of opportunities for for inspiring, uh, uh, beginning with Holy Mass and and a, a lot of inspiration and uh, great opportunities for fun in the park. 
uh, ride the rides <laughs> if that's your pleasure. It's it's, it's aimed at, at youth and young adults, but everybody is uh, welcome to come. Uh, featuring Epic the Band, Mari Pablo, Joe Melendrez, Steve Angrisano, Father Joe Kim. Go to onfirenorcal.com to get your tickets sponsored by by the, all these different dioceses, Fresno, Monterey, Oakland, Reno, Sacramento, Santa Rosa, San Jose, Stockton, and the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. Mm-hmm.